1: and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy.
0: And I'm your other co-host, Donny Cage.
1: Coming in loud and clear this morning, uh, this evening, my friend. How's it going?
0: It's going great. It's a beautiful Saturday morning. I'm always happy on Saturday.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for ruining it. Uh, I was going to act like today was Friday, but we'll just go and tell everybody the truth. We did not make it yesterday. Boiler <laughs> <laughs> alert. <laughs> Technical difficulties, folks. Technical difficulties. So before we get into some house cleaning stuff, uh, Mr. Cage, go ahead and tell everybody about your wonderful podcast, sir.
0: Thank you, Kentucky, guys. So I am the co-host of the Uncaged Voice podcast, which you, which streams on Twitch. And you can also catch episodes on YouTube on the official uncaged voice podcast channel i co-host that podcast with top tier
1: brian and jigsaw jester yep if you ever get a chance folks be sure to check that out uh also i host the uh red pill current news podcast for those of you that like to hear interesting interviews as well as uh uh, different uh topics on uh, the news that you just won't hear anywhere else we do drop new episodes there every wednesday and saturday so a new episode will be dropping today uh, also here uh you can find us on all platforms including iheart radio pandora google Podcasts, and apple itunes uh as well as we drop new episodes here every monday and friday sometimes saturday when there's technical difficulties but anyways uh and if you ever want to be a guest on the show or have any comments for donnie or myself uh please reach out at ol kentucky 99 at yahoo.com. That's O-L, Kentucky spelled out. 99 at yahoo.com. Now, you will find out we are different than a lot of your hosts. Uh, Donnie and I actually answer and respond to emails. If not on the show, then we do directly through emails. So uh, if you get a chance, hit us up and let's talk about it. Uh, Donnie, before we get started uh, with the segment that you created, I need to let the audience know one thing. I need to retract something. Uh, Malachi Black. Uh, a few episodes ago, I read a uh, report from Dave Meltzer from Bleacher Reports, uh, stating that he was released from AW uh, under uh, certain conditions. Is how it read. Now that that story is not true. Uh, Malachi actually took to his Instagram live on uh, Thursday night. Uh, watched it. I watched it live. And uh, he actually went on there, and he said that he is returning to AEW. Now, he did ask for his release, but evidently it wasn't granted, okay? So he is not, as of right now, according to him, he is not leaving AEW. He is returning. He's got some personal matters. Uh, He said something to do with someone died or something in his family. Uh, And basically, he didn't go into great detail. He did say one thing interesting, Mr. Cage. Uh, he said that uh, you guys can't even get my contract right. I'm not under contract for five years. Now, Tony Khan is the one who let that cat out of the bag. He's the one that he said that he had Malachi locked up for five years. I find that very interesting. What's your thoughts?
0: Well, the whole contract thing, I don't really know what to make of it. Who's telling the truth, whether it's Malachi Black or Tony Khan, the truth always lies somewhere in the middle. It is the wrestling industry after all. Um, One thing I do want to comment on this whole Malachi Black situation is I actually read online, uh, because he addressed his status in an Instagram video, I think less than a week ago. And basically he said he's sick of people making assumptions about his life, what's going on with him, what's going on with his wife, um, what decisions he he needs to make in his career and everything. I I mean, I've actually heard stories that he received death threats from people. So I'm going to steal a phrase uh, from you, Kentucky guy, that for people who made these quote-unquote death threats against Malachi Black, shame on you. Because if this guy is dealing, first of all, with personal stuff, as in like he had a death in the family, that's pretty serious. And it needs to take precedence over anything he's doing in wrestling. And especially if he's dealing with mental health issues, Mental health is nothing to be played with. I have struggled with mental health issues in my life, and I know what it's like. So, Malachi Black, you do what you need to do, and whether you do end up back in AEW or whether you eventually go to WWE or do something else entirely, I wish you the best of luck, and don't listen to the haters is all I have to say.
1: Yep, I I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, We actually have... you know, I've, I've, I've ran into not personally, but in the family, I've, I've seen mental health and it's a very serious thing. I actually have a uh, niece that is, uh, she's a professional at it in Florida. Uh, she's a, uh, she was a nurse. Now she's uh, like a head of the whole department. But, anyways, um, yeah, even if he's just, even if he, if somebody just has a difference of opinion, uh, I don't know if I have ever told you this, Donnie, but the reason why I don't use my real name on this podcast or any of the videos and everything because I have uh, strong political beliefs and I've received death threats and from trolls and that over the years. So it, there's no reason for that, that that's crossing the line. And it's a shame that you have to use a pen name just because for fear for your family and yourself well-being. So yeah, I hope Malachi the best, even if he does get his release and goes to the WWE, who cares? Good for him. whatever, he can do to better himself and his family why not and also uh before uh, before we go into the uh, fantasy booking uh buddy murphy he's not going anywhere as well he did not have to go to back to australia for his visa uh he is just dealing with stuff yes he is dating uh rhea ripley but uh that means nothing we have all kinds of wrestlers who have companions that are in different companies. And they want and they look out for each other. So, uh, you know, so stop the rumors. I actually think and I heard this uh, through the dirt sheets, that AEW is actually going to put a better focus on the House of Black. And I think they're missing a golden opportunity if they don't, uh, especially keeping all and maybe adding uh, some new members to it. So anyways, I just wanted to retract that story. You guys know how we row here. If uh, we tell you something and we find out that it is not true, we will let you know. Uh, because we try to uh, report things that are factual and true because we want you guys to be able to depend on us and come back for more. All right, Mr. Cage. so let's go ahead with your fantasy booking for this episode.
0: I love it. Thank you. Uh, I've actually got a doozy for this week. So you and I remember the golden age of the of the attitude era in the late 90s early 2000s in the wwf at the time and one of the most controversial storylines it's a it's a classic storyline but it's very controversial for for both good and bad reasons was the whole higher power storyline we all remember that classic moment where the higher power he's dressed in the robe he's in the ring and they're getting ready to reveal him he takes the the hood hood off and he goes hits me austin I'm the higher power, and it was Vince McMahon. It's a classic moment in wrestling history, but it was also one of the biggest disappointments of all time because we thought the higher power was going to be someone else, basically anybody but Vince McMahon. So it was kind of disappointing when that was revealed at the time, especially with all that was unraveling in that storyline. So if I could change one thing about that storyline, it would be the identity of the higher power. You honestly could still have the whole... Stephanie McMahon gets kidnapped things. Steve Austin saves her. Corporate ministry is formed where The Undertaker and Shane McMahon form an alliance. And then you find out who's the puppet master. Who's the higher power? Well, my idea as far as changing the identity of that character was to make the higher power the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. And the reason I say that is because he has history with The Undertaker. He was the wrestler that helped bring him into the WWF to begin with. And he was Steve Austin's first manager when he came to the WWF as the ringmaster. And if you think about this, in real life, Ted DiBiase is actually a preacher. So he's a very religious man. And I know people are going to go, well, 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 but they did all that storyline with the Ministry of Darkness and like the borderline satanic uh, supernatural stuff. And I'm like, well, this is where they could kind of start to shift gears in that storyline and make us realize that the higher power wasn't motivating all these members of the ministry with, um, with you know, any sort of supernatural powers. His motivation was money and fortune and all these other things, because Ted DiBiase himself had basically super deep pockets and had all sorts of money and influence. So you could have continued this whole storyline. Eventually, there could have been a match that The Undertaker lost where the ministry disbanded. Ted DiBiase wouldn't have had to get physical at all because he was long retired from the ring. But I I mean, I I, I just think because number one, he's he was always great at cutting promos. This would have been a great twist in the storyline to reveal that he was the guy pulling the strings. And it also would have made sense for him to form an alliance with the corporation because they were all about about money and fortune and fame so just in my opinion, that would have been a better twist in the higher power storyline than making it Vince McMahon. I'll turn it over to you, Kentucky guy.
1: Well, just to uh, piggyback off what you were saying, uh, I, I I remember that episode. Uh, I remember that whole storyline because I was into it. Um, I actually thought it was going to be uh, Paul Bearer. I was sitting there. <laughs> so it did have the shock and disappointment value that you mentioned uh i never thought about ted dibiase but man that's a good that would be a good uh, uh a good script bro i mean seriously i i like that a lot ted dibiase and you know even though he is a preacher he still could have done the powers of darkness because he does it uh he's done it since then and other promotions have been the bad guy, so and he still wears black so yeah, yeah i like that a lot um so and first of all folks i'm going to tell you something that's very interesting Uh, Donnie and I don't compare notes on this. We like to surprise each other on this segment. And uh, I picked a faction also this week that was if they were booked differently, um, they would probably be still in the WWE. And uh, I feel that they would be uh, probably very, very go down as one of the greatest factions ever on the main roster. And I'm talking about Sanity, Uh, Kelly and Dane. Eric Young, Nikki Cross, Alex, Alexander Wolf. Uh, so let's look at what they did while they were in NXT. Uh, they were the NXT uh, tag team champions uh, for uh, Wolf and Young, uh, who actually beat the authors of Pain, who were a devastating and will be on one of our lists, I'm sure, sooner or later, who were devastating tag teams at one time. Uh, they were the also the three uh, the three male figures were the NXT uh, end of the year they won the tag team of the year award in 2017. However, on April 17th, uh, 2018, episode of SmackDown Live, um, the Vincent aired to promote Sanity's debut as a part of the the 2018 uh, WWE Superstar Shakeup. Later in the night, it was revealed that Cross would be staying on NXT as a singles competitor. So right here in my, is my feeling that was their very first mistake that showed that, uh, they didn't understand this group because I mean, let's be honest. I hate the superhero crap she's been doing now. And, um, but as a crazy member of sanity, she fit in perfect. And on NXT, she's a big reason. I believe, uh, why they got over with the crowd. And plus a caveat on top of it all, uh, (laughs) <laughs> you know she's married to her her, her uh, back then current stable partner uh killian dane they've been together for over 14 years weird man and then on june 19th they finally do make their uh, debut uh they come on smackdown and they beat down the usos um which was fine which was great however drew mcintyre teams up with the usos and they lose their debut match on smackdown Right there is where you kill a faction before it gets started. You have these guys pretty much for the last two years running NXT. They're doing it all. They're the champs for a long time. They're taking out the biggest and baddest. They have a heck of a feud with uh, Adam Cole and uh, uh, those guys, his teams. And uh, it's just, I just don't understand. On April... uh, On April second, 2019, uh, all three members uh, were defeated by Miz in a three-way handicap match. Balls count anywhere. I mean, and then WWE tries to blame the lack of success on these guys for being in the same division as the New Day, the Bar, the Usos, and the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah, okay, but you had a lot of tag teams back then. If they weren't. If you weren't going to push these guys, why bring them up? They were doing just fine. And then one year later, one year later, April 2019, Eric Young is drafted as a singles competitor uh, at, at the uh, shakeup They used to call it the Superstar Shakeup. up uh, I, I just, you know, I don't get it. Um, Dane, he actually returned to NXT uh, at a live event on May 16th. Wolf appeared on June 12th on an episode of NXT UK. Uh however, uh they actually released Young, uh, who was doing uh he mainly worked main event on Saturdays. And he he show up on Raw once in a while, which made zero sense. Uh on April 15, 2020, a year later, uh Young was released from his contract. Uh that was during COVID. They were releasing all kinds of people on May of 2021 Wolf was released, and then the following month in June, they released Dean. And they kept Nikki Cross, which is fine. She's a good wrestler. She just has a horrible character right now, in my opinion. So just to kind of show you guys real quick, because I don't want this to be too lengthy, um, what I just picked one member, Eric Young, just to kind of tell you the kind of talent. By the way, all three of these members on Sanity have been world champions in other organizations world champions on their own not tag team but world and here is the credentials for eric young just really quick he's a two-time tna world heavyweight impact champion uh he is king of the mountain uh championship three times in tna uh he actually won the uh, tna x division ch- uh, title he was four times tag team champion with the uh, kazari Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Rhino. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, TNA Knockouts Tag Team Champion. Yes, I know that's a female, but he won it. Uh, he teamed up with uh, ODB. It was hilarious. But uh, anyways, NWA World Tag Team Championship. He he held the titles twice with Bobby Roode. Uh, Gauntlet for gold in 20 uh, this year. Uh, he won it, uh, the heavyweight title. Uh, moment of the year, returning to Impact in uh, 2020 at Slam Anniversary. Uh, match of the year versus Eddie Edwards and Ace Austin. Uh, NXT, you already went over that. He won the title there. Uh, Tag team champion of the year, and then a XWC World Heavyweight Title. So, I mean, these guys are all have impressive resumes, and it's just one of those things just like last episode that I believe Vince McMahon creative didn't know what they had and they missed a heck of an opportunity. Your thoughts, sir.
0: So we've talked about Eric young in the past on the, on the show. And I wasn't always a fan of the way he was booked in TNA in the old days because they made him seem too goofy. Lots of times he had that super Eric gimmick at one point, which, I thought was funny for maybe about two weeks. And then after that, I was like, all right, can we stop this whole hurricane ripoff? But everything you just said about him and about his about his teammates insanity, 100% true. And when you have those kind of credentials, um, you should be booked better. And Sanity was booked horribly when they debuted on SmackDown. And it was basically a, a death nail to them from the very beginning. You don't book a a new team who's supposed to be one of your new top tag teams and and have them lose in their first week. No one's ever going to take them seriously. And I do agree, separating Nikki Cross from the rest of Sanity, big mistake, huge, huge mistake. Um, You know, Alexander Wolfe went on to later join Imperium, which, you know, good for him. I mean, Imperium did well for themselves in NXT UK and, and in NXT and now on the main roster, but... Um, you know, Killian Dane kind of went back down to NXT, was just sort of floundering in the mid card down there. I know he was a tag team partner of Drake Maverick at one point, and obviously we've seen Nikki Cross and Nick or Nikki Ash in a bunch of different guises in recent years, to varying degrees of success. But yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. Sanity's move to SmackDown to the main roster was completely
1: botched. You know, I just thought of something. Nikki Cross is actually the uh the women's champion uh what, last year year before. So actually all four members have are former world champions. Yeah. So uh yep. She was raw women's champion at one point. Yeah, uh, amazing. And uh yeah, Killian Dane, uh I watched an interview with him. Uh it's been a little while back and he mainly he admitted that he mainly just hung around in NXT. Uh, because his wife was still there they tried to support each other but she understood that he had to go uh he actually is under his original name now i cannot think of it to save my life but in the independent scene he's still re- all these guys are still wrestling uh triple h if you're listening uh you want to bring somebody back to really cause some havoc uh this group would be amazing in your new uh wwe uh raw or smackdown all right, so let's move, uh, let's move right into AEW results uh, from Dynamite this week. Uh, so we have, and you know what? I don't have results. I know it's Saturday, but I don't have results for SmackDown or, uh, or Rampage, which we probably wouldn't have time for them anyways, but I will read the card off at the end of this uh, just to guys let you know if you haven't watched it like myself, uh, you can catch up on it. Uh, so Ring of Honor World Championship match. Uh, not match, sorry. Uh, they came, a celebration. Chris Jericho comes out with Angelo Parker, Matt Menard, uh, pretty much the uh, uh, Chris Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, the Ring of Honor peer champion Daniel Garcia is there as well. So after Chris gives this punk Garcia a beautiful hat, a beautiful hat, the guy throws it down. Uh, and I'm talking about Daniel Garcia. It's a beautiful hat from Chris, a bucket hat that I loved. Uh, I wish he'd give me one. Uh, and, he, and he says, this is enough. This isn't me. This isn't what I envisioned of myself when I got into this business. I tolerated it. But I need to tell you something I've been meaning to get off my chest. Chris, I think it's time for. Boom. Chris interrupts him. Jericho, who is the master, who is the goat. This boy better wake up to who he's talking to. Uh, and Jericho says, this is about, this is about this. This is a crossroads for you. Make the wrong decision. And I'm going to have to take you out. I'm going to ask you this once. And I want you to answer it properly. Are you a sports entertainer, or are you a pro wrestler? Then sticking his nose where it doesn't belong. Here comes Brian Danielson. And he comes out and he, he tries to stand up for Garcia And uh, he even offers him a spot on the combat club, which, duh, of course you want this young punk on there so you can push him around. I know all about Brian Danielson. He's a jerk. Then Jericho says, and I loved it, Danielson, shut your mouth. I'm sick of you trying to poach my guy. Daniel Garcia does what I tell him to do. And then Garcia, his head's too big. Somebody needs to take that title from that boy. Uh, He goes, Chris, let's get one thing straight right now. I don't belong to you, and I don't got to do nothing that you tell me to do. But let's not get too serious. We're supposed to be entertaining right now. What if I threw this pizza on the ground? Would that be entertaining? Justin Roberts, uh, what if uh, we were to tag team? If we were to tag team, would that be entertaining? Do you guys think it'd be entertaining if I was in a tag team with Daniel Bryanson <laughs> Garcia? I think it'd be real entertaining if me and Brian uh, teamed up against you and your little bro, Sammy Guevara, Matt uh, Menard interrupts and it ends up challenging Brian Danielson. Danielson does nail uh, Menard with a running knee strike and then forced him to tap out to the label lock. And that's fine. We know Matt Menard is just there. Uh, he, he's not he's not a i don't know why he's there why he's a part of the society I don't know why Jericho picked him or the other guy I'm starting to wonder why he ever picked this daniel ungrateful Daniel Garcia punk but you know hopefully it looks like on dynamite next week we're going to get jericho versus Garcia uh for the first time and I hope he teaches this punk a lesson that he never forgets your thoughts sir
0: well, the only downside to Daniel Garcia uh, turning against Chris Jericho, or at least telling him that he that he doesn't own him or tell him what to do, is that Daniel Garcia now just made the list. Um, but be that as it may... I think Daniel Garcia now is realizing his full potential and going where he belongs, which is being uh, under the mentorship of Brian Danielson, the American Dragon. Because Daniel Garcia, let's face it, is a professional wrestler. He's not a sports entertainer like Chris Jericho or Sammy Guevara. I think this is going to be an exciting match on Dynamite. Um, Can't say for sure who's going to win because we know Jericho always has something up his sleeve. So, But it's going to be an exciting match. And, uh, yeah, kudos to Daniel Garcia for stepping on that horrible-looking hat.
1: How dare you talk bad about that hat? I just said I love that hat. By the way, you don't know who's going to win. Are you serious? I mean, come on. This this guy, we're talking about Chris Jericho, and we're talking about Daniel Garcia. (laughs) I I mean... (laughs) Oh, man, you need another cup of coffee or something, sir. You're still sleeping. Uh, And then, and oh, man, so here we go. Here is the part of the show uh, where I throw the remote at the television. Here we go. So we have finally, finally, MJF is going to come out and grace us with his presence. He is the casino ladder match winner, the self-proclaimed devil. And then this stupid Wheeler Utah guy runs out to the ring and ruins the entire segment. He calls MJF. Of course, they're in his hometown. Of course, he's going to challenge MJF to a match. But MJF makes him wait a week. Makes him wait a week. And uh, he's going to crush him next week on Dynamite. Dynamite for next week, by the way, those two matches are is sounding pretty terrific uh we don't get to see mjf uh in the ring that much so i'm really looking forward to it but i'm going to move on i'll let you comment on all this because this ties into the next match so the next match uh was john moxley by the way mjf tells uh yuda he the billy Gunn sons come out there like they're some kind of protect mjf doesn't need them they're co- they come out there will or Yuta, like a little scaredy cat stays in the ring Uh, He tells uh, Yuta that he's going up to his uh, box to watch the Moxley fight. And we have John Moxley against Rock Hard, uh, Juice Robinson. Uh, I have to admit something. I've watched a couple of Juice Robinsons match, but they were a long time ago. Um, I really like him now. Uh, At one time, uh, he actually had me rooting for him to beat Moxley. But Moxley, you know, won, unfortunately, of course. But here comes Willer Yuta from behind, from behind MJF, who's sitting in the skybox, minding his own business, watching the match, and uh, he attacks him. And it's like, dude, you got your match for next week. What are you doing? And MJF is clearly mad. He's not hurt. He's mad. And I don't blame him. I hope he tears Willie Yuta limb for limb. Your thoughts, sir?
0: Well, a lot to unpack in these two segments. Uh, let's start with the mjf uh, wheeler Utah feud right now. Um, I was a little bit entertained when uh, MJF came out and said to wheeler Utah oh, you wanted to get on the mic, but you see, da- Daddy had to had to come out here and, and 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 talk you down. Daddy had to put you on timeout. I sort of was like, all right, we get it, MJF. You're better on the mic than wheeler Utah. Okay, thank you for hammering us over the head with that point. But... Um, Wheeler Yuta was smart. He said, "Okay, MJF's got two other guys out here with him. So I'm gonna, if I try to just rush him straight on, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose this fight. So I'm gonna wait until MJF least expects it. I'm gonna let him get all settled in his sky in his skybox seat and everything, and then I'm gonna strike when he least expects it." So smart move by Wheeler Yuta. I did think it was also interesting, though, that even though MJF talked him down, he did say that the two of them have past history wrestling all around the world together, and that Willa Yuta is a great wrestler. So MJF did give him props where props were due. That being said, it's going to be an interesting match next week. Um, I mean, I guess the end result is pretty obvious. MJF's going to win this one, whether it's clean or dirty. I mean, he's he's got the rocket strapped to him right now. He's he's got that chip to uh, cash in whenever he wants a shot at the world title. And I think AEW is going to continue with this storyline for the foreseeable future. Now, as far as John Moxley and Juice Robinson goes, I also didn't follow a lot of Juice Robinson's work in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I've heard good things, but the little bit that I saw uh, from this match, I was pretty impressed, honestly. And I'm going to be curious to see if AEW decides to try to sign Juice Robinson to a uh, to a contract or not. Personally, I think if they're going to, that it would be smarter to put him in Ring of Honor because, as we've said before, Ring of Honor has Chris Jericho as its champion right now, but it really needs more star power. It needs some more established people in the business to help build up that brand. So uh, so in my personal opinion, if they sign Juice Robinson, make him a fixture of uh, Ring of Honor.
1: Oh, only if they have a television deal. Because right now, Ring of Honor is nothing. It's just it's just a couple guys who defend their titles on Dynamite and in Rampage. So yeah, um, but uh, if they get the television deal, absolutely, absolutely. I thought he did great. Um, I think that uh, uh, I think that uh, he he's improved a lot, man. I, like when I watched him, like I said, it's been a while. He was young uh, in New Japan. I follow New Japan somewhat cause I like the bullet club and I like uh, switchblade, but, uh, (laughs) he has improved like a hundred percent. Uh, and I think he actually was a member of the bullet club. And it seems like every time they take one of those guys in, uh, they just, they mentor them, uh, like crazy. And you know what, by the way, I forgot to mention this. You saying that Daniel Garcia should be mentored by, uh, uh, Daniel or Brian Danielson, dude, he's got the best mentor there is. The best the best the best the best uh so so then we hear from soraya or however you say her name her name will always be page to me even though she tries to correct everybody on saying her name uh she comes out and she goes i'm back uh it feels fantastic to be back it's been a crazy road i'm damaged but i'm not broken at the end of the day and i will create change in this division I am the revolution. AEW is officially my house. Let's bring all the ladies out right now. Then she brags on Tony Storm and, uh, and says that she's the true. F- oh, I'm sorry. She talks like she's the face of AC- AEW's Women's Division and all this. And then, aha, the true face of the AEW Women's Division walks out, Brett Baker. And uh, anyway, so, Sierra, what does she mean by I'm damaged, not broken? She was supposed to address, is she going to wrestle at AEW or is she going to do something else? I mean, okay, we get it. She's there. She's there now. Uh, by the way, she needs to practice on her promo work. Uh, she is really, really rusty. Um, but is she is she going to wrestle? Is she going to take Brandy Rhodes' former job? Um, why all the secrecy? Why not just tell us what she's going to do? I, I don't get it. Your thoughts? Well, Kentucky guy, you might
0: you might be shocked by this, but I actually agree with everything you have to say about this segment. She was Saraya was definitely rusty in terms of her promo work. And while I can appreciate her giving props to the other women in the in the women's division in AEW, I feel like the segment could have uh, been done a lot differently. Her calling out a bunch of women including AEW champion Tony Storm I I, I don't think that was a good way to handle this segment. I think it would have been better if she just was out there, you know, just kind of building the suspense about whether, you know, is she going to wrestle or is she not going to wrestle? Then she gets interrupted by Dr. Britt Baker. Then maybe, you know, there's more exchange of words and then maybe Tony Storm comes out later on and gets involved in the argument. Maybe we get a little bit of a brawl going at the end. But this segment should have been cut shorter, in my opinion. Uh Britt Baker, I'll give her credit where credit's due. She did the best she could to save it. But it was a little bit of a catastrophe, unfortunately. And we still didn't get an answer as to whether Soraya's gonna wrestle or not. So you built it up as if she's going to to address it, and then she doesn't. So to me that's false advertising.
1: Well, here's the yeah, you're absolutely right. But here's the thing. Uh I'm I'm thinking she's like gonna be like uh, like Brandy Rhodes used to be like the GM over the women's division. She made the the match, the Tony Storm and uh, the Professor match, uh, a lumberjack match. So where did she get that authority from? <laughs> By the way, Tony Storm won that match. That was the next match. Uh, and, uh, of course, Tony, Tony Storm won that. Uh, she's getting a push now. Um, but I did notice that uh, every female that came out when uh, Paige called him out, were baby faces. They were true baby faces. There was no, uh, no Hills at there at all. The Hills walked out afterwards to address, uh, you know, Tony storm and to, uh, let her know that she was going to have a heck of a match against, uh, the professor, which that was a decent match, I guess. Uh, but she did say, and I'm very interested about this. Rip Baker mentions, uh, your girlfriend, uh, and that she's got a match coming up and her time will be there. And, uh, Tony Storm better watch her step when she faces uh, the professor and then turns right around and faces uh, Jamie Hader. Um So, did you catch that about it all being baby faces in the ring with Paige and her setting up a jack match? Oh, uh, 100% I caught that.
0: Um, so, it's, and that's what I said it was just like awkward about this. And honestly, I'm not. I'm not on board that much about Soraya being a, an authority figure because they tried that already when she was on, on SmackDown a while back when she was still in a contract with WWE. And I don't know for me, female authority figures that are not named Stephanie McMahon have always been very hit and miss in professional wrestling brand. I didn't like Brandy Rhodes in that particular role. I thought she was much better when she was an announcer, honestly. Um, so yeah, not I'm not too on board with this idea of Soraya as a as an authority figure.
1: How can you sit there and mention Stephanie McMahon and not admit and not mention Vicki Guerrero. Hello, can you hear me? <laughs> All right, so and I'm right I agree if you're, if you're gonna spend the kind of money, I'm sure she didn't come cheap and bring her into your fold onto your program find a world when you have her she first of all i would have never hired her until i knew absolutely for 100 percent she was cleared to wrestle uh because like i've mentioned before last week uh she she was uh, at one time my favorite female wrestler she's a heck of a uh, an athlete and uh a waste of talent if she's able to wrestle if she's not then why'd you sign her it doesn't matter uh it doesn't make any sense anyways we'll move on uh the absolute ricky starks uh he makes short work of eli isom i don't even know who that is uh but it was quick uh he really showed that uh he's an up-and-coming superstar and uh he is uh he needs a little bit of work on his crowd work when he's in the ring but uh his promos and uh his look is great and his finishing move is great uh he's just got a little bit more and i think he's almost there your thoughts Yeah, each and every time he steps
0: in the ring, Starks definitely shows improvement. And this was a good a good, quick showcase for him. And, uh, you know, I'm curious to see who he's going to feud with next. Are they going to keep this whole storyline with Powerhouse Hobbs going, or is he going to have somebody else that he's going to set his sights on next?
1: Yeah, uh, he needs to be chasing a title. I'm not saying he needs one, but he needs to be chasing one, I think. So, yeah, I'm curious to see what they do next. And then we have the sh- the once again uh Dynamite got it right. The last match of the day uh was the show stealer. And that was uh Chris Jericho versus Bandito, who is a former Ring of Honor World Champion. Uh, I thought it was a great match. Uh, Jericho wins the match, which is of course, right? Uh after the match though was very interesting. Uh he cut he yells cut the music. Uh <laughs> The Ring of Jericho error has begun. I'm changing what Ring of Honor is. I'm going to destroy its legend. I'm going to destroy every great champion that has held the Ring of Honor championship and I'm challenging Brian Danielson in Toronto on October 12th. Jericho then uh, beautiful and only as only Jericho could do it. in my opinion, uh, he nails the Ring of Honor ring announcer Bobby Cruz with the Judas effect, and leaves him laying like an idiot uh, in the ring and walks out. Um, Yeah, so he is causing, like they knew and I think they needed, he is causing some talk about Ring of Honor. Uh, They really need to uh, pull the trigger here and get get their own show because right now they're finally talking about that belt. They didn't talk about it when Cesaro had it. They don't talk about Samoa Joe's television belt. They're finally talking about that belt. Now is where you pull the trigger if you're going to do anything. If you were ever planning on doing anything with Ring of Honor, I think right now, if you don't do it, you might as well say you've missed the boat and forget about it, in my opinion. Your thoughts?
0: I agree 100%. I mean, they they keep planting the seeds that they have big plans for Ring of Honor or Ring of Jericho, as he as he calls it. Um, so yeah, let's, let's do something. Let's, let's make something happen. Let's get ring of honor on its own television program. And let's not just use the name and, and say, oh, ring of honors back when in fact, it's like you said, it's just a couple of guys carrying props around each week that are posing as title belts. Let's, let's do something with the brand.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, so I'll go over, uh, rampages card real quick, Donnie. I don't know if you've already watched it so we won't make any suggestions. Uh, I just ran out of time last night. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So uh, it's, uh, they had AEW World Tag Team Championship on the line, the Acclaim versus uh, Private Party uh, versus the Butch and the Blade. Interesting about Private Party was on Dynamite. They were actually uh, being yelled out, yelled at in the back by Andrade, and uh, Matt Hardy comes up and says, hey, we've always had good chemistry. You know, you, you just quit him and come with me, basically is what he said. So that, I found that interesting. Uh, then we had Rush in singles competition versus uh, John Silver of uh, Dark Order. Uh, Lee Moriarty versus uh, Hugo Del Sol. Don't understand that match. Uh, Jamie Hayter. Oh, she was on there, buddy. Uh, against Willow Nightingale. And then uh, Hook was supposed to appear, the FTW uh, title. So your thoughts on the card, or maybe you watched it. I don't know. Don't give any spoilers, because I have not. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I I won't spoil
0: anything, because I did happen to glimpse the results this morning. But, I mean, I even if I hadn't glimpsed the results, I probably could have predicted the winner of every single one of these matches. Uh, You know, I actually. What's funny? I totally forgot that the butcher and the blade were still employed at this point because it's been so long since they were on TV. Um, I will say, like when you look at that tag team, I've always been a fan of the butcher. He kind of surprised me, like 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 his uh, level of talent that he has in the ring. Now, as far as those two guys as a tag team, I, I always found the blade to be kind of to be kind of bland, to be perfectly honest. Um, but I always thought the butcher was an interesting character. And, of course, they have uh, they have the Bunny, who is their manager, and she, of course, worked in Impact Wrestling years ago as uh, Allie. She was a multiple-time Knockouts champion. So, I mean, I do think they are a talented group, but, I mean, in this match, I mean, I'm, I mean I'd have to assume the acclaim is going to retain here because Private Party has done nothing of note in recent months. They might be putting them back with Matt Hardy now if we're to go by this backstage segment. But, yeah, I mean, this is probably a no-brainer as far as who's going to win this one.
1: Yeah, I wonder if, the, you know, I haven't seen the Crazy Bunny uh, in a while. I wonder if she was with those guys. Was she with them, do you know, last night? I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I read a little bit
0: about the results, but uh, th- that, I, that I can't okay. answer. Yeah, I, always,
1: I like that character. I like her as that character. Um, I think if they put her with a stronger, more, uh, yeah, I think that's the right word, a stronger tag team, that uh actually has a shot. Um I think that uh we'd be surprised cuz she is uh uh I remember when she was with uh, Impact and uh the champion several times. Uh when she lost her mind is when she became champion there. Uh so she fits that character very well. Uh so we'll move on to uh raw results WWE. Um here's the thing. <laughs> This white rabbit thing has got everybody talking. I mean, it broke the internet on Monday night. So many people were talking about it. And then, from my understanding, like I said, I haven't watched, I have not been able to catch up on wrestling from last night yet. Uh, From my understanding, there was another clue, a huge clue, from what everybody's telling me, that the white rabbit is going to, uh, because I've got buddies that will not keep their mouth shut, They try to spoil it for me all they can. Uh, But anyways, I guess that it was released somehow last night. I haven't watched it. That the reveal of who is the White Rabbit is going to be on uh, Extreme Rules pay-per-view. I find that interesting. Um, So I don't know. That's just what I've heard. I don't know. I don't know any more about that. Um, I know that everybody assumes that it's Bray Wyatt. Like I said, I hope it is, but I hope it's Bray Wyatt the Fiend. If they bring him back as the White Rabbit, I'm not going to be a happy camper. Um, but I would be happy that he's back because him as a character alone is enough. But your, your thoughts on the White Rabbit before I get into the matches from Raw?
0: All I'm going to say about the White Rabbit is that I will be incredibly disappointed if it does not turn out to be Bray Wyatt. And you might say might think to yourself oh well it's too obvious that it's Bray Wyatt if we made him him be the 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 person behind the white rabbit um that would be too obvious and i'm like you know sometimes in wrestling you have to go with the obvious choice you have to give the fans what they want and anything else than that would be a disappointment and i i can tell you this uh, you know i i'm born and raised in, in philadelphia and that's where the Extreme Rules pay-per-views or premium live events taking place next Saturday. I'm still contemplating getting tickets and going to see it live to see if they actually reveal who the White Rabbit is there. Um, because you never know. Maybe it'll be one of those things where they don't reveal during the broadcast who it is, but they show you after the, the broadcast goes out and only the live crowd gets to see it, which would be interesting if they, if they did that. But, yeah, I mean, they're building this up, and, yeah, I I just don't see any other person it could be, honestly. Anything else would be this. Yeah, uh,
1: by the way, if you do go, uh, you need to at least audio record it (laughs) so we can put it on the show, because that would be awesome. Uh, But, yeah, um, you're right. And I tell you, the person that that I keep hearing that it might be instead of Bray Wyatt uh, is a huge mistake. And I do believe that Triple H is smarter than this. Uh, you cannot. You've got so many people uh, like us uh, praying and hoping that it is Bray White and that it's going to happen soon. But I keep hearing that it could possibly be Ryback, and that is just a huge joke to me. This guy's a TikTok star. Leave him on TikTok. I mean, at, at, that that would be. I, I might have to take a break from wrestling <laughs> if that's the case. Uh, but yeah, I think Triple H is smarter than that.
0: I think so too, and you know it's funny you mentioned Ryback because he's he he might be a, another wrestler that I address in my uh, fantasy booking. I, I've definitely got some thoughts on what they did with his character back in the day. But man, oof, if he turned out to be the White Rabbit, that would make zero sense. Absolutely,
1: and I did watch a video uh, that this guy put together showing. Uh, trying to show proof that it was right back Um, but he's 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 so far reaching i think on that i don't even i don't even see him coming back to the wwe Uh, the guy's not even really wrestled in the independent circuit uh since being let go so i don't know uh so the match uh started off with uh or the show actually started off with bianca belair and she actually defeated isle of sky which i mean who cares ponytail girl whatever um something i did find interesting you can comment on that match if you want to after this one um uh the next match was uh riddle uh matt riddle actually and he actually ended up defeating uh of course you know with distraction uh damian priest uh but he did beat him pinfall um once again what's going on uh matt riddle did not need to win uh judgement day needs to win all the matches they can right now cuz you finally started building them uh so yeah i don't don't get it your thoughts on those two matches
0: yeah i would agree with you there i mean i i'm i'm a matt riddle fan i think he's got a lot of talent but um this being a match on raw just kind of a throwaway match this it, it, he didn't need to win here damian priest definitely should have won this match um if anything, they should make it as if Matt Riddle's back is against the wall going into Extreme Rules, and um, you know, leading everybody to believe that Seth Rollins has an edge over him, despite the type of match they're going to have at Extreme Rules. Um, but yeah, this don't agree with this booking for an episode of Raw, personally. Yeah,
1: and uh, and then the next match we we had his uh, who's going to be his uh, opponent in the fight pit. Uh, Seth Rollins and he defeated uh, Ray Mysterio via submission with a necktie. <laughs> Once again, uh, say what you want to about Dominic Mysterio, he is a great heel. He's got the look, he's got the attitude, and I think Rhea Ripley is bringing out the best of him. Now she did interfere in the match. She hit Ray from behind, uh, which set up uh, Seth to hit the uh, stomp before locking in a choke uh, to win the match. To I think that was a message to Mr. Riddle, who, of course, was watching. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, what I got out of that match was the growth of Dominic is amazing in the last couple weeks since he's been with Judgment Day. Um, He's still got some work to do in the ring, but, man, his look and his attitude um, is a a complete 360. Uh, He's starting to look kind of like a star as a heel, in my opinion. Your thoughts?
0: Yeah, this was the 180 or the career pivot that Dominic needed because he was he was just getting so stale and so boring as a babyface teaming up with his dad. There is no question that he still has a lot of work to do in the ring, but he's so young. I mean, he's got time to develop. There's no question about it. And I think putting him in a stable with these three, Finn Bauer, Rhea Ripley and Damian Priest, that that, that it's going to help him grow over time. There's no question he's already showing huge improvement as far as his yep, character yep, yep. goes and
1: he's i mean he's he's definitely i don't even think he's 21 yet uh he's definitely young uh and rhea ripley i think is a huge part of this uh she has uh uh you know i've seen her on an interview after all uh on a podcast and and she said that she loves uh working with dominic and she loves working the crowd because they get so irate and you can tell it uh she is in her zone on that team as well they're all starting to fit in perfectly. That's why I don't understand uh, any losses that they need. They, they don't need any losses right now, even if it is by distraction or what have you. Uh, Yeah, they, they need to keep building this group because they're they on to something finally after this group floundering forever. Uh, so keep it up. You, you know, keep them going. I think they've had a really good raw the last three weeks. Uh, This week, I think that, uh, yeah, I think they kind of missed the boat on the Riddle match. They still had a good week uh, with uh, with the segment with um, AJ Styles, and we'll go over that in a minute. Uh, but I don't know. I, I just think they should have won that match. I agree with you. Uh, the next match was Kevin Owens and Johnny Gargano. They defeated Alpha, Alpha Academy via pinfall. Uh, Gargano hit Chad Gable with the uh, one final beat. Austin Theory shows up he comes out the ringside thinks he's going to aid his little buddies and uh he can't tip the scale at all and uh, he is uh you talk about a wrestler who i think that's floundering is uh austin theories right now they're really not doing a whole lot with him at all i mean he's being a part of the alpha academy now like helping those guys i mean this is your money in the bank winner uh you need to do something with them, or have him cash in and lose uh, and, and and move on. Don't, you know, I mean, it, he's, he's going to be another Chad Gable before you know it, who is a great wrestler, but he's underutilized. Your thoughts?
0: I always think that there's a plan when it comes to whoever the money in the bank winner is. Now, we have, of course, over the years had a couple of examples where you had failed cash in attempts. I honestly don't think that Austin theory is going to be one of those people. I think when he does cash in on whoever he cashes in, eventually he, um, he's probably going to end up winning the title. Um, but I think that right now this is just, this is your standard booking of the money in the bank, uh, winner. They, they lose a lot of matches in some instances. They're actually made to look really dumb and inept. And I'm not saying I would book them that way. Um, I you know a recent example uh, from a few years ago I don't feel like Seth Rollins when he was the money in the bank winner lost a ton of matches I mean he would lose some here and there but he was still booked to look strong because they had a lot of plans for him going you know down the line I don't personally understand the reasoning behind having Austin Theory lose all his matches I mean a couple of losses here and there aren't going to hurt him in, the, in in the long run but
1: yeah, it's a little, a little bad. Yeah, I was going to say honestly. until you until you mentioned Seth Rollins that uh, that I, I, I kind of disagree with that because uh, you have uh, John Cena, Seth Rollins. You have a lot of money in the bank, Brock Lesnar, who went on to be champions multiple times. Um, and I, I don't see theories being one of those guys. Uh, you do have people who continue to lose after getting money in the bank, like Baron Corbin. And then cashes it in and loses the opportunity as well. We'll have to wait and see. it would be interesting. Um, I just don't think that uh, Triple H likes the guy. I I don't think he's into him. And uh, he's got the look. Uh, He's got the, uh, he needs a little bit of help on on his promos. But I don't know. He's been in the game a very long time before he ever came to WWE. Uh, He was in NXT for a long time as well. But he was also on the independent scene forever before he ever came. Uh, a part of a WWE family. So maybe Triple H thinks he should be farther along than what he is. I I, I have no idea. Uh, Speaking of a waste of space on the roster uh, is the next match. Uh, Omos uh, wins another boring handicap match uh, over. uh, I don't even know who these guys are. Some kind of enhancement talent. Um, Yeah. You know, it's time to uh, cut the, cut the ties with this guy. Uh, These He's not Andre the Giant. He's not Big John Studd. He's definitely not uh, Braun Strowman. These throw-together matches against these two jobbers uh, continuously uh, makes zero sense to me. Zero sense. He can't go. If he can't go, he can't go. Release the guy and let him go sell hot dogs or something, is my opinion. Your thoughts?
0: Unless you're going to put Omas in a tag team, which will which would keep him protected and hide his weaknesses, a la what they did with AJ Styles when he started on the main roster, uh, I, I agree with you. I mean, they're not doing anything of significance with him. And, I mean, honestly, he'd be better off just just getting roles in movies, to be perfectly honest. I mean, there's plenty of big man roles he could play in films and still make a good career for himself. Surprised that, that somebody hasn't called up the rock and said, "You got a role for Almas in your next movie," but um, yeah, they're not doing anything with him, and he's he's kind of just taking up a, I agree. a spot and on he, the roster right
1: now. Maybe go join your fiance Nia Jax, wherever she is now. You know, I mean, just yeah, just go. <laughs> so, so Dexter Loomis is first of all, we go backstage, and I've got to mention this because it just it, it's so bizarre that uh, we've got to mention it, or I know I'll get an email from one of you all uh, listening. But uh, Dexter Loomis, um, first of all, Ms. hires a whole security team, right? And Dexter Loomis, who's backstage dressed as a hockey player, they are in Canada, um, takes out the entire, entire security, right? Uh, he, oh, he's dressed like Edmont Oilers, uh, which is, I guess, the home team where they were at uh so he ends up attacking the miz from behind miz turns around or whatever and he hits him with the stick and he chokes him out with the stick um still has never spoken um still as creepy as ever but it's the same scenario every week uh they're just going they're going to ruin this guy before they get going, the fans are going to get sick. I'm already sick of it. The fans are going to get tired of it before he gets any kind of push or any kind of anything of uh, meaningful value comes out of this feud or whatever it is with the Miz. We have no backstory. We have no re- no idea why he's attacking them. Is uh, it just? It's so bizarre. And for as great a job as Triple H has done uh, since he's been ahead of creative. Man, I just don't I just do not get this one at all. Your thoughts?
0: <laughs> you can't just keep recycling the same stuff each and every week. There there's got to be there's got to be some sort of backstory or some um something that they're working towards here. I don't know what it is. I'm I'm just completely baffled. And Again, yeah, you're wasting Dexter Loomis's talent by just doing these backstage segments and these run-ins over and over again. I mean, Dexter Loomis and The Miz should be on the card for Extreme Rules uh, for a match after all this build-up. But as of, write- as of this writing, they're not. Now, I don't know if they're going to make a match maybe uh, uh, on this upcoming edition of Raw, which I-, I wish they would to help fill out the card, but I don't know. I'm just so confused by the storyline about what it's building towards. um,
1: I'm glad you mentioned Extreme Rules uh, before we move on. Uh, Extreme Rules card is amazing right now. This is the old Extreme Rules pay-per-view that uh, when they first started uh, that I used to enjoy. I haven't enjoyed it in a long time. And I'll tell you why, because it's just been normal matches. Every match has a stipulation right now. And I think it's fantastic. Even Bailey, uh, her title match is now a ladder match. Edge and uh, Finn Balor's match is an I Quit match. I mean, every match has, uh, you have Rollins and uh, Riddles in the fire pit. Every match has a stipulation in it. And that's what the old extreme rules used to be, the pay-per-view. Um, yeah, man, if you've got an opportunity to go there, <laughs> you should go. Because uh, I think it's going to be the best one and I can see them releasing, you know, I thought about it. I used to say they would never let Bray White come back at a, uh, and I've said it on this show as well, uh, to something like an Extreme Rules or it'd have to be like a SummerSlam, maybe Survivor Series, WrestleMania or something. But you know what? Uh, the way that they're that he has created this pay-per-view with all these great matches, I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of people watching this, uh, not just because they think Bray White's come back, but because of, the actual matches that are involved because i'm sold i'm sold i'm ready for it so uh then we we had a debut a surprise debut uh i thought uh, i i wasn't expecting it not on uh not on raw last week anyway or this week anyways uh candice LeRae uh comes out who's johnny gargano's uh female the poison pixie and she actually defeats uh well she she nikki uh Nikki uh, Superstar or Superhero, whatever her name is, uh, by pinfall after she beat her cleanly uh, with an avalanche uh, swinging neckbreaker. I like Candice LeRae. I like her more as a heel, the Poison Pixie. And I hope that just because Nargano is trying to be this baby face right now that she does not change her character. Uh, and there is your new member to Bailey's faction, I think, would fit in perfect. Your thoughts? I actually hadn't even
0: thought of that. You know, she would be a good addition to uh, to Bailey's faction if they decided to go that route. I also could potentially see them reforming uh, the way with Johnny Gargano some, somewhere down the line. I'm not saying it'll have all the same members as it did in NXT, but if they ever wanted to go in that direction, I could potentially see them doing that on, on Raw, but it was good to see Candice Lerae back. I like that uh, finishing move that she hit on uh, on Nikki Ash. That that swing neck breaker. That was pretty cool. Um, I just hope she doesn't get lost in the shuffle. She's another one of those ladies. She has talent. Definitely utilize her if you want to put her with damage control. I don't think that would be a bad thing. It would. It wouldn't be something I necessarily expected,
1: but it wouldn't I be just, a bad and thing. And I either. wanted to see this in NXT so bad. <laughs> I would love to see her and Dakota Kai as tag team champions. I think they have the same build. They're a little bit different as far as their techniques, but I think they would have such great chemistry as a tag team. Uh, So I get, maybe it's just me hoping (laughs) that she becomes a part of that faction, but uh, she uh, you're right. She, I don't want her to get lost in the shuffle either. And you don't have enough female superstars right now. So there's no, it's all part of creative and booking. You book her, right. She's going to prove you right every time. Uh, She was a big fan of hers in NXT. I I thought she was great. Once she turned into the Poison Pixie, I didn't like the blonde, the, the, just, you know, this is my husband crap. I I didn't like that. But when she started doing the right thing, I thought it was great. Uh, Sami Zayn, he actually defeated AJ Styles, uh, pinfall after hitting him with a hula kick. Uh, But... (laughs) The new blood, or the, I'm sorry, <laughs> the new blood, <laughs> the bloodline, uh, we are one, uh, Solo actually does hit Styles with a, uh, Uranagi on the ring apron, which helps set up the finish for Sammy. But you know what? That's what we do in the bloodline, man. We've got each other's back, so I'm here for it. What was interesting after that match, uh, right before the match, actually, uh, they cut backstage, and they show Finn Balor uh, talking to AJ Styles, once again offering him to become a member uh, of Judgment Day. S- Styles refuses, of course. Uh, Finn Balor tells him, he goes, well, we won't have your back out there in this match. Have fun with it on your own. Because he he actually told AJ that you know Solo was going to be with Sami Zayn, right? So anyways, the Judgment Day does come out after uh, AJ loses. And once again... Uh, offers AJ to become part of the team. He actually on live television, shocked me, flips uh Finn Balor off uh to his offer, and then they just tear him apart. They destroy the All of Judgment Day, destroys AJ Styles. And actually Finn Balor puts a chair around his neck. And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> you know yeah, I I'm like I'm like, and I like the judgment day, but I'm an AJ Styles guy. I have been for years. I'm like Dude, don't don't uh, you know, don't don't put him out. <laughs> and then uh, Vin Bauer looks at him and he goes, "That's not what friends do to each other." And he leaves him in the middle of the ring. I think that it's still possible that AJ joins Judgment Day. And I think if he does, that is going to rock the wrestling world because AJ Styles, one of the best I've ever seen him, was an impact when he was under the tutelage of Ric Flair. Uh, and when he was the leader of Bullet Club in New Japan Pro Wrestling. That is the best I've ever seen him. When He's on his game when he's members uh, of a uh, Hill faction, in my opinion. Your thoughts?
0: I don't disagree. And honestly, if you think about this, AJ Styles and Finn Balor are both former leaders of bullet club. In fact, Finn Balor back when he was Prince Devitt in new Japan pro wrestling was the very first leader of bullet club when they were formed. I think those back in 2013, if uh, I am doing my math correctly. Um, and basically having the two of them as the co-leaders of judgment day could be, could be a very good idea and could, could be that little, uh, that little jolt that both of their careers need at this point. Now, I could also see another scenario playing out because, again, we saw Judgment Day beat the living hell out of AJ Styles this week on Raw. I could see AJ trying to get involved in the I Quit match at Extreme Rules between Edge and Finn Bauer and possibly try to cost Finn Bauer the match. Or they could do the the opposite, swerve. He helps Finn Bauer because Finn Bauer could have broken AJ's neck with at the end of that segment on Raw, but he chose not to because that's not what friends do. So,
1: yeah, there's a couple of different spins they could what, do on this What angle. was interesting to me was when he flipped Finn Balor off, which you didn't comment on, I'm surprised, <laughs> because we haven't seen that in years on uh, the WWE. But uh, when he does that, uh, I don't know if you caught it or not, but Damian Priest is actually smiling at AJ Styles, um, as he's flipping them off before Finn Balor hits them. And by the way, just to throw that in there before you comment, Finn um, Balor, this is, this is where he needs to stay as a bad guy. You're right. He did start. He actually started the Bullet Club in uh, 2013 uh, and uh, with um, the Good Brothers. And I, I tell you, uh, this, this, is, this is him. This is his zone. And remember one thing where was his most success when he was with the WWE? When he first started on NXT. And who was ahead of NXT both times that he won the championship? Triple H. So I just got to, I just, I just think Triple H is going to give him a major push. And I'm here for it. I think it's overdue. Uh, I think that if you want to talk about somebody that uh, a waste of talent over the last few years, I think him and Shinsei Nakamura uh, should have been pushed much harder uh, than what they have been. Do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean,
0: uh, if you believe w- w- what you read in the on the, inter- on the internet, Triple H has big plans for Finn Bauer going forward because he's always been a fan. He brought him into NXT back in the day. And I do agree that as, a, as the leader of a faction, Finn Bauer is always at the top of his game. When he was just floundering in the lower to mid card by himself, he, he had no direction at all. We, we all knew he was talented in the ring. That There was ne- never any doubt about that. But he had no real character. He was just a guy who would walk out and smile and wear his leather jacket. And occasionally he'd throw a coat of body paint on to become the demon but uh, right now he's definitely showing people why he was a star in other promotions before he came to WWE. So they need to stay on this path. I, I didn't know that with uh,
1: Triple H, or there was reports that Triple H said he was gonna. He had big plans for him. I think that's great. That, that's fantastic. It's overdue. Uh, I do know that uh, Vince McMahon, uh, bless his heart, he he like takes. He always took it personally when. Uh, wrestlers got hurt and if you remember Finn valor was the first ever universal champion and then he got hurt right at the match that he wanted on against uh, seth rollins and he had to relinquish the belt the next night on on raw and uh you know once i started thinking about all these other previous champions that have had to relinquish belts uh on the main roster due to injuries it does seem like vince mcmahon held a grudge Against them. Even Seth Rollins for a long time. Uh, I mean, that's just my opinion. But uh, I, I think maybe that's why they let him uh, uh, flounder so long on the main roster. I don't know. But I didn't. I, I never heard that about Triple H having big plans. I think that's great. I think that's awesome. Uh, so the SmackDown card, uh, once again, like I said, haven't watched anything. I'll go over the card. There's only three matches listed. Very unusual. I don't know why. I pulled this an hour before the show starts. Uh, I'm not talking about our show. I'm talking about actual SmackDown. So I don't know why they don't update the card anymore. But anyways, I had uh, Ricochet and Madcalf Moss was going to face uh, Sami Zayn and uh, Solo. Uh, Hit Row uh, against uh, Los Loritos and uh, Shotzi versus Bayley. And that's the only three matches that they had at that time released. So uh, your thoughts on SmackDown, sir? I mean,
0: it doesn't sound like an amazing card, to be perfectly honest. Um, we, we, know, we know that you're a big fan of uh, Hit Row, uh, Kentucky guy. I'm just kidding, obviously. You hate that you hate that team, especially without uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. Um, and Los Lotharios, I'm actually kind of surprised they were even on TV. They've also not been booked that much lately. Um, which both guys are pretty talented, Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. So it's kind of a shame that they're not utilized more. Um, I mean Bailey versus Shotzi. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious Bailey'll take this one. Um, even though Shotzi will put up a bit of a fight. Um, I mean the only match that's really of any interest is probably the Ricochet Mancat Moss versus Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa match, which once again I I, I, I predicted the bloodline's gonna take that one. Haven't read the results yet, so I don't know what the uh, what, what happened, but
1: yeah, I mean it's very predictable.
0: And I and I don't necessarily like well, uh, yeah, predictable and, uh, cards.
1: The Ricochet Madcalf Moss uh versus Sami Zayn solo match was listed as the first the opening match of the night. Um if that's what you're gonna why wouldn't you have these guys be the main event main event? I mean uh Ricochet, you know my feelings about him. I think he's a great wrestler. Um I think he should, he needs to Become, put his mask back on in another promotion and be Puma again. Uh, Madcap Moss, I can take him or leave him. Doesn't matter. But you got Zayn and you got Solo. And Solo's a monster, man. I mean, he is just like, they're, uh, I love what they're doing with the guy. I hate that he's lost a match against Drew McIntyre. Um, I think that hurts him a little bit. I hate that they stripped him of the title because I don't see the why let him win it and then take it from him the next week. Doesn't make any sense at all to me. Um, but I do love that they're making him out to be an absolute monster, and he literally destroyed Matt Calf and Ricochet backstage uh, standing up for uh, Sami Zayn. So, And, you know, one thing that uh, I heard, and I don't know how true it is, but I did hear, because even though I tried to close my ears when my buddies and uh, that uh, message me and stuff like that, and sometimes they can sneak things in, I did hear that uh, Jay Uso was on SmackDown, and, uh, continued kind of, sort of the feud with Sami Zayn. I find this interesting, and I'm just wondering, uh, because I don't know a whole lot about Solo. Um, if Sami Zayn and Solo, uh, Solo sticks up for Sami Zayn against, uh, one of the, like Jay Uso, who has, a, who definitely has an issue with Zayn. Uh, I want, man, that could be, you could have brother versus brother there. Um, and I i don't know if that'd be a bad thing, to be honest with you. Your thoughts on that, and then we'll we will get off here for the day.
0: Uh, that, that would be uh, different. It would be kind of unexpected because obviously Solo debuted at Clash of the Castle and helped the Tribal Chief retain the WWE Undisputed Universal title. Once again, just rolls off the tongue that <laughs> the name of that title. Um, but yeah, they're, they're taking this in an unexpected direction with Solo kind of sticking up for Sami Zayn, which I'm a little surprised by. I would have thought if anything, he would be, uh, he would be in on the same track as his brother, Jay Uso. Um, but that would be an interesting match if we, uh, saw the two of them go one-on-one. Um, I don't necessarily think it's going to happen right away, but it could be something a little further down the line. Yeah.
1: It's not going to be right away, but, um, uh, Jay Uso said something very interesting to Sami Zayn on Twitter. Uh, and I, I forgot all about it. Uh, he said, I, I know what you're trying to do. You're not going to get away with it. That was it. That's all he said. So, uh, speaking of title belts, real quick, just throw this in there. Uh, Triple H did make an official announcement that, uh, WWE is receiving new title belts. Uh, and he actually called them belts. How about that? Uh, so, uh, he never did say, though, if there's going to be two world championship belts or two tag team, two separate tag team belts. So, uh, you know my thoughts on this. I, I think that they definitely need to separate it all again. Uh, you know, have a Raw champion, have a SmackDown champion and what have you. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. I, I just think it, it made more sense than trying to have the champion at you know, both places are never having a champion at one and, and at the other. And they still call SmackDown uh, Roman Reigns' yard. So, why not just have a different champion on Raw? I mean, why not? But he did announce that they do have new titles. And, uh, breaking news, by the way, uh, it looks like Sasha Banks cannot come to an agreement with the WWE to return. Uh, So... I know we announced on here that she's supposed to be back and, and man, everybody said that. I mean, it was even, uh, some like good resources that know the company said they were in talks and she was coming back. But evidently the word is now that no, she's not coming. I I don't know. I I think that, uh, I think she's wasting away. I think somebody needs to pick her up right away because she's a heck of a talent, but she's not going to be young forever. Um, but, anyways, that's that's all I've got for today, sir. If you want to comment on any of those, the belts or anything, or you got anything else, I'll turn it over to you. I mean, as far as the belts go, I agree
0: that some of the belts need an overhaul because the, uh, I, I, you know, some some of the belts just look too similar. The tag titles on Raw and SmackDown looked exactly the same, except with a different coat of paint. The women's titles, same thing. Raw and SmackDown. Basically identical belts with a different coat of paint. And same thing with the the men's world title. I, I mean, make them look a little bit different from one another. Um, at least the U.S. title and the Intercontinental title look completely different from one another. And the same thing with the NXT belts. They all have their own distinctive look. Um, but the one thing I could say that AEW has a, has an edge with is their belt design. I think their belts look way better than a lot of the WWE belts currently, so... And that's just my thoughts. As far as Sasha Banks go, goes, you know, she might just be playing a tough negotiating game with WWE. Maybe she wants them to offer her more money so that when she comes back, it's worth it. But then again, she could be looking into other avenues of entertainment to get into. I mean, we know she's done a little bit of acting in her spare time. She appeared on a couple of episodes of the Star Wars series, The Mandalorian. So maybe she's looking to step away from wrestling for a little while. Personally, I don't think she's going to go to AEW or impact because I don't think either company could afford her. Um, and I, and I do think it did. And honestly, as much as I'd like to see some matchups over there for her, um, I, I WWE is where she belongs if she's going to wrestle. But those are just my thoughts. Um, I think it just might be a little longer before we see her return to WWE. TV. Yeah, but I I, just, I, uh, I think she'll be back. Uh,
1: again, and so. you're absolutely right about AEW's uh, titles. Uh, those uh, trio championship titles, and I'm not a big fan of the trios champions, but uh, those titles looked amazing uh, at all out when they were handed out. I, I thought they were, you know, they were done to perfection. They didn't look like the the tag titles, and they didn't look like anything else. And you mentioned the NXT titles. Um, yeah, the North America title looks completely different uh, than the uh, NXT heavyweight title. The UK title looked different. And guess who was over NXT when they were designed? Yeah, the same guy over it all now. So I, I, I've i got a good feeling about these titles. I think they'll look great. But that is all the time that we do have for today's episode. You've been listening to Against the Mat wrestling podcast with your hostess the Kentucky guy and Donnie cage. Hey, we will see you guys next time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening in. And as always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you all.